This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Market Scale Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Folks, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you like what you're hearing and you want to listen to previous or upcoming episodes, make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find us by just searching Market Scale Technology. You can also listen to this episode and other episodes on our website, marketscale.com industries. And you'll also find a variety of other B2B industry verticals to consume articles, video, podcast content, and more. So on a previous episode of our podcast, we explored electric ducted fan technology with Daniel Schubler of Schubler Technologies and Christian Willishek. And we broke down the process for transforming a jet aeromodel plane into one with an efficient, quiet, and flexible EDF propulsion system. So today we're continuing that conversation by speaking with one aeromodeling enthusiast, engineer, and pilot, and grounding EDF technology in his innovations and aeromodel work to better understand how it works and why it is preferred. So I'm pleased to welcome Manfred Greva. He's an aeromodel pilot of over 50 years, a technical trainee at Lufthansa, an electrotechnical engineer himself, and an aeromodeler. Manfred, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Good to be with you guys. Yes, it's definitely always a good time chatting EDF and aeromodeling. It's a conversation now we've been having a few times on this podcast, and each time I really try to unpack, uh, I guess, each aeromodeler's unique approach to aeromodeling and also where EDF fits into that unique formula for them. So that's what we're going to be breaking down today. I'm going to be calling on some of your past projects and some of your career work as well to better understand how you approach aeromodeling and how you approach integrating EDF technology. So let's start here, Manfred. Um, Like I said, and like you obviously know, you've been an aeromodel pilot for now over 50 years, which is an incredible track record. Uh, Thinking back on the early days, what came first for you? Was it your piloting of aeromodels or was it designing them? And how did those two worlds first intersect for you? Oh, it is a little because of my father. My father started in, let's, I think it was 1950 something with aeromodeling. And then for me, myself and my brother as well, and my father, he was always there flying model airplanes. And we were growing. And then it started like, if you get mother milk, you start with flying with small gliders. And you get, when you are one or two years old, you get a little balsa hall, uh, balsa wooden piece in a box. And then you are below the Christmas tree and building this small thing. And then it's flying in the house and then it's for a boy in this age is so it's so um, incredible nice feelings happening so from the, those days on it started in my heart to be a model airplane pilot because in those days it was something that is very very new, unique and you don't get a lot of let's say planes off the shelf and so 
it started that you are always trying to improve something. Like in those years when I was in the grand school, um, it was like being at home at midday because in Germany here the school ends at midday. And then I went into the cellar where every plane and stuff like this sits and I was always trying to improve something and trying to find out how it's getting better and better. And then when my dad comes home from work in those days, he was sometimes uh, getting crazy because I did something what I shouldn't do. But it was always interesting for me with these technical issues to fight, to bring them into a better shape, longer flying or smoother flying or nicer looking or running faster or whatever it is. is so during my career, I tried a lot of different things with yeah, model airplane, uh, let's say a little unique as well, because um, then it is like you try an error and try an error and then you suddenly get the improvement what you like to have. And then you follow this path, which is very nice to have this success. And sometimes the success helps you as well if you are competing. Because in my whole career, I've been in com competition. You, I started, I say, let's say when I was six years old with a sailplane competition, which is just flying the sailplane and landing it into a certain area. It was a diameter of 15 or a diameter of 30 meters and you have to bring in the plane there properly, flying very smoothly, and there are people sitting and judging you. And when you do something different on your plane, and then you suddenly see the improvement, it's very nice. It brings your heartbeat up, and the uh, impressions are very nice. So this is all my career. I started to improve everything, and ending up, let's say, um, being in the national teams with F3A, pilot for more than 20 years and flying everywhere in this world here with a European championship or world championship or whatever it was. And it was a very nice time to do this because if you are sitting so many hours in your cellar and building new planes every single season, you build an improvement and improvement and suddenly it works so nice that you are some of the best pilots. It's a very nice feeling. And so this is what I'm still in even if i'm more than 50 years old now exactly 54 since a few weeks and so it is very nice to feel this if you do something with your hands and your mind then bring it together and improve it so that's about my career i love that thank you for that detailed breakdown uh, i also want to briefly highlight that You've been a pilot for Schubler Technologies as well for a while, uh, several years really. Can you give us a little context on what flying for Schubler Technologies has looked like and uh, how it has expanded uh, some of your approaches to aero modeling and design? Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, in this, oh, so I think I met Daniel Schubler or the company Schubler. I think it's more than 10 years ago. I'm not sure. It, I think it's more than 10 years ago. And in those days, I saw that the first uh, EDF system is really like uh, smoothly running. Um, on the market on those days, it was not even possible to get something which is running, running so smooth like the Schubler. It's like 
the sound of the Schubeler is very, very close to a, a real turbine, to a real gas engine. And because of that, I tried to get into this as well. And I was asking for help for Schubeler. And then we started building the first planes with the Schubeler EDF. And it is so working so well. And because of that, the work together got closer and closer and the ideas went into them and got back off them. And so we did a lot of improvements with, or, or not only improvements, it is just building bigger and bigger to make sure that you are able to compete with these gas engines because um, the target is always to be as good as a gas engine, but being very, very low in the noise and being able to fly, let's say, green. Uh, if you are um, using energy from your house roof with uh, photovoltaic, then you are flying really green. And this is what I much like about it, because um, in my career, I started flying electric, I think it was 20 centuries at the end of the 19th century, at the beginning of the 20th centuries. And from that point on, the electric flying is much more nice for a pilot because a gas engine or a gas turbine is always a little bit like a racehorse. Let's say it like this, because it has a good day or maybe it has a bad day. And sometimes it's working very smoothly and it is on the controls you have. It's very nice to have them, but sometimes it is like not running well. And so this won't happen with electric. And that's why I went all, uh, all the way with EDF and electric. And because of that, the Schubler is fitting so well because Daniel and his team is doing such a nice job in doing this EDF systems. They are as well in the high end and the high end efficiency and low noise interested. And so that's because of these, um, points it is so nice to work together with them and building even bigger and bigger and we end up with having 25 kilos of thrust or or even more and trying to always put the border a little further away to find something new find something new and a new space and being enthusiastic with the next generation of edf systems I want to dig in a little deeper now into how you approach using electric ducted fans and EDF technology in your aero models. Uh, so after your passion was sparked for aero modeling in general, uh, you slowly became a major proponent of EDF technology on your aero models. So why the passion for EDF and electric flying and how did you come to embrace it, track that uh, journey for us? It is... Um... If you are flying with a gas engine or with an electric engine, it is so different. It is so much difference in between these two systems. Um, for a aero model pilot, which is flying competitions, it's very important to have the feeling on the stick, which means if you do something on your control stick, then you really like to have the accurate um, reaction on the plane. And this is this 
absolutely the same thing with EDF flying. If you are flying like me, always in competition scenes, then it's necessary to have this really good reacting of the EDF system. And this is, or for me, I found that only the Schubler system is that reacting special like it should be for the high-end planes. And because of this reason, I prefer flying those products. When did it uh, first become viscerally apparent to you that flying EDF and working with EDF was just leagues different than a classic jet uh, propulsion system? Um, I think I've been on a flying field more than 10 years ago. And somebody was flying with an EDF and somebody was flying with a gas turbine. And I talked to this um, people there, to the pilots, and they said, okay, um, here you can see the stick. And the people with a gas engine put the stick in front and then you can hear that the gas engine is taking up to three seconds until it reacts. So the run up and the run down of the RPMs is much different because the gas engine turbine is running, let's say, 100,000 RPMs. And so it takes a while from idle to get into full. And this is not happening with the EDF engine. The EDF engine is immediately in the RPM you give with a stick. So there are not these three seconds running up and down. And this is very important. If you, let's say you're driving 80 miles an hour, then you are in three seconds, you run a lot of space. So for this, it is very important for you as a driver in a car that the brakes or the, uh, the accelerator is acting like you want it to have. You don't want to wait until the brake or the acceleration is coming. And this is the biggest difference with gas engines and EDF. And that's why I said, okay, for me, it is necessary to have the feeling on the stick straight and not waiting until it's running up and down. And in critical situations, it's always that you have your reacting time down. And this is what the difference is. And that's why I'm in the EDF much more happy compared to a gas engine. Let's say it today, the difference is a little down because the gas engines are getting, um, or the gas turbines are getting closer, but they still have this uptime and downtime because of the high RPMs. Our RPM window is very much lower. It is up to, let's say, 20,000 or something. So it is not necessary to bring these high RPMs up and down. And this is which gives you this uh, short uh, reacting time on the stick. How do the differences, in your opinion, between EDF aero model flying and jet aero model flying uh, impact performance, experience, and design of aero models in, in really tangible and specific ways that you have found to be more enjoyable or more practical or more efficient? It is, um, if you fly in a gas turbine, then it is... Yeah, okay, it is, the sound is quite nice, 
uh, compared to uh, EDF, but it's very, very noisy. And if you are flying with the EDF and then you are trying to bring the noise onto the fuselage, which means if you are building a plane, then you are thinking about how nice it will sound as well. So, and the sound is very critical with the um, gas turbine because there you have a lot of noise, it's very noisy. And we want to have the sound of the original, but we want to have it very uh, low noise so that you are reckon, okay, it's a jet plane and it sounds like a jet plane and it is um, like we say, it's the noise of a dragon. If the dragon spits fire, it's the same thing. If it, it could be in, in, a nice move, but it could be as well, oh no, you are, you are um, giving me pain or something that we don't want to have. And so in my building, I try to bring it down to the original sound. And the original sound, if you fly with a model airplane, it's like the, the original is 10 size bigger than your model airplane. So the sound needs to be 10 sizes smaller than the original, but the sound must be the same and the same frequencies. And that's why the EDF is much more important for me. And you bring it there with the EDF. And it is only the Schubler EDF which gives you this sound because of the blade system they did. They have so many blades inside that it is like the sound of a dragon, but it's the dragon in the smaller size. All right, I appreciate all that breakdown now, uh, Manfred. I think, honestly, the best way to put those words into practice is to better understand some of the aero models that you've designed and flown and how EDF technology has supported these models. So I've got two here that I want to list out for you, and if you have any others that I don't mention that you think are important, feel free to mention them as well. So we're going to start with your L39 model. Now, this was a large 25-kilogram model that you converted to uh, an electric ducted fan propulsion system. Uh, what were some of the initial choices and metrics that you had to take into account for that conversion? It is that you have to have a certain diameter in the plane, which means the intake, the air intakes, wherever they are on the plane, if they are on this front or if they are on the side or top or bottom, it doesn't matter. As long as the size of the air intake is fitting to your EDF system. The same is the outlet of the air. If you are looking technical, what we are only doing is we are increasing the speed of the air inside the plane. So the EDF system is sucking in the air and pushing it out. And this must be in a certain way, which means if you are flying with, let's say, the L39, it is that the original is flying at 960 kilometers per an hour. And if it's my one is uh, five times smaller, so the speed has to be five times smaller as well. And so if you are 
feeling or if you are measuring that this could fit with the EDF, then you all start building. And with the YEL39, we did a lot of different versions and we did a lot of technical tries to find out how it works with this big plane, because this is the first big plane which was flying with the EDF system of Schubeler and the thrust of these 25 kilograms. And we started with a smaller portion of thrust. We started with 16 kilos and improving, improving, improving by building different motors inside the EDF system and building different air intakes and building different thrust tubes and stuff like this to find out what is the best way in doing such a 25 kilo plane. And this is what, for me, the technical issues are very nice to find out, to bring out the best you can get out of this EDF system. To support the core electric ducted fan technology in that L39 model, what other tech did you have to use, You know, like battery types, for example, and why did you end up going with those uh, support technology decisions? It is that you are always trying to get off the market the best you can get, let's say it that way. And um, as you know, the times are running and everything is improving. When we started with the L39, let's say the battery packs, the weight of the battery packs were seven kilos. Today, we are have the same amount of capacity inside, but the weight is only five kilos of the packs. And so you are improving from year to year and getting better and better. And the same is in the ducted fan. The controllers are not that uh, specific because the controllers are just there and they are just running. But batteries and motor and the air intake and air outlet is always that you have to work on. So I'm always trying to build a little portion here and a little different there and take some measurements. What we do is always we have our measurement system on board, which means we are using current, we are using RPMs, we are using voltage, we are using airspeed, and we are using temperature and stuff like this and bringing it together into a technical situation to improve the system. So let's say the motor is getting in a too high temperature window. Then we have to build something to make sure that the temperature is going away, which means the efficiency must go up. So we do something with the wiring or we do something with the windings or we do something with the magnets. Something needs to be done to bring down to make sure that the product, if it's got sold, then everybody is able to use it in the window where it's born for. And here we have year to year some improvements, starting with the battery, going via the controller into the motor, and the efficiency goes up and up and up. And this is the target always. If you are a com uh, competitor like me, I, I like the competition all the time. Once you took that L39 then and, and you finished the conversion, uh, what are the flight characteristics that now most stand out to you as uh, being the most enjoyable 
or being the ones that you would point to as, hey, look, this is the reason why you should transition from JET to EDF? I think this is because of the sound. The sound is just like the original. I've seen some L39s flying. I'm, I would love to be a pilot as well, but I, I've been flying with a Zabwigen in my earlier days, and it's, um, the feeling is quite the same. So um, the L39 is with this EDF system is on the point the same like the original, but in small and it's green flying, it's electric, and you can go everywhere and have fun with it. That's why the, the system is fitting so perfect to the L39. You just need to use the um, components which are available at Schubeler, and that's it. Fit in there. there, there's a different rip system or rips inside, which gives you the opportunity to just screw it in and the normal model pilot is able just to build it without being or getting a hassle. All right, now I want to walk through the same list of questions, but I want to highlight a different model of yours and uh, maybe just point out any unique qualities to this conversion and this use of EDF. So you had another model that uh, you enjoy flying. It's called the Avanti XS. Could you give us a little context on what that model is or looks like? Um, and what were some of the initial choices and metrics you had to make uh, or you had to take into account, excuse me, when converting the Avanti XS to EDF? The um, difference is that this is... a uh... Yeah, it's a, it's a, not, there is no bigger version or not manned version in the world of this one. And the Avanti is built for aerobatics. And aerobatics is always, has been, as you know now, is my passion. And the Avanti is a special thing because um, it is designed for doing this. But if you are not able to have the right thrust on the end of the plane, you are not doing aerobatics at all, because then it's like a flying duck. But here, with the small changes we did, it's just small changes. We cut out some already existing rips, and we built a better intake, and we took different diameters on the end of the thrust tube, and things like this, it is so easy to get a really good flying plane, an aerobatic flying plane, which means here you need some more thrust. Compared to the L39, we have, as I told you, 25 kilos of weight approximately and 25 kilos of thrust, which is for the original and the model always good. But in an aerobatic plane, you need more thrust because you want to go straight up in every situation you want to have this good feeling on the sticks you need thrust 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 that's it and so the design is that we have let's say 13 kilos of thrust in there now and we only have eight and a half kilos of weight which is like compared to a car it's just you have a street car or you have a race car most of the time, the race car is winning the race because it has more thrust. Uh, even if you talk to American people, they say 
you'd have to have a big block. And this is always the passion, more thrust. And in the Avanti, we did something, like I said, some small changes, and that's it. And then you can fly aerobatics with the Advanti. And this is the big difference in between the L39. The L39 can do some loops and stuff like this and rolls and stuff the, the original is doing as well. But if you want to do real aerobatics like it is expected in the competition, then you need a competition plane. And the difference is that this is a competition plane for aerobatics. And the other one is like a small original and the original is a training jet. And that's it. You can do some aerobatics, but not like we modelers like very hard aerobatics. And you can fly with this uh, Av Avanti, you can fly 3D. So in a very, very small area, very, very high rotating or high speed or close to the ground maneuvers. I'm sure that makes for fun flying too. <laughs> right, you are. Yes. Now... Uh... What were some of the supporting technologies that helped make uh, the Avanti XS EDF convertible? This is just that you need to have as well this data again. When I started with the Avanti, I had a lot of data flying flights, which means you go out on the field, you take a lot of batteries with you, and then you are flying, flying, flying. And out of these data, let's say the airspeed compared to the current or the RPMs or uh, the um, thrust you need for going straight up, these are always the measurements we take. And then we start with small changes. Let's say the thrust tunnel is getting thinner, thinner and thinner until the thrust breaks down, which means if you are in low speed, then you can hear the sound of the impeller, which uh, the ducted fan, which is um, that you can actually hear that it's not running smoothly anymore. And then you extend the duct end a little bit. And the same thing you do with the intake. You build a small, a big, and a bigger, or a longer, or whatever it is you build different intakes and stuff like this and you take always measurements and at the end of the day you will find the right uh, situation for this plane or let's say for a plane which is flying quite similar to the Avanti which is in about a range from 7 to 10 kilos and is a model airplane which fits in with the EDF then all these measurements we took are helping the customers to get the right setup. All right, before we wrap up the conversation, Manfred, are there any other models that stood out to you during your career uh, that really highlight how EDF technology is supporting your aero model work, uh, your designs, and making the experience more enjoyable for you? And uh, what are some of the takeaways there, if you have any more? Yes, um, I started with a small aeroplane or a smaller aeroplane. It is called a Spark, and it is just 1.6 meters length, I think, and it is uh, about 120 wingspan, something like this. It is as well an aerobatic plane, and with this one, we tried to really reach the high speed. 
And it is now nearly 10 years ago when we started this and we started and we took measurements and we've been, let's say, 280 kilometers per an hour when we were starting and we ended up with 372 kilometers after different, 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 different motors and ductings and stuff like this. And this was very, this is was the ignitional that I thought, okay, this is a very good potential, which is in the EDF those days. And we have to bring this into all these different classes of planes, which are on the market, because here in Europe, I don't know wherever it is as well. We have so strong rules, strong rules with the noise and strong rules with um, gas turbines because of the environment and all, 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 as you know, you can't put your oil into the ground. Um, this is and electric, there's no problem with it. So that's why I went for electric and my heart is beating for electric and compared to the gas turbines. So now taking all of that personal design experience, your background in the space, uh, and your you know 50 years of flying with multiple partners, including Schubler Technologies, uh, as you work with other aero modelers and pilots, do you now find yourself recommending EDF conversions uh, casually, you know, and and with detail as well? And if so, what are the key points that you lean on in your recommendations as you have these discussions with other aero modelers who maybe have never tried EDF before? Yeah, it's always then you when you are on the flying field, then you meet these other air modelers and they are interested. I'm interested in their planes and they are interested in my planes. And so the discussion goes always, how is the thrust? How many flights minutes you get? Um, what do I have to do to get it as well? And things like this. And at the end of the day, it is ending up like we are sitting here on the telephone and talking to other people and we are helping them to improve their systems or we put all these data on the website and stuff like this. And I think this is, this is the main part of it. People who have the same interests, like model airplane pilots, and they want to have all these good feelings, maybe with EDF or with something else, but with really EDF, we are able to help because uh, with Schubler and the stuff and the people who fly with Schubler, we have so many experience and every single question which comes up, we are able to answer and we are able maybe to help with just knowledge or we are able to help by building something which is specially for that situation or this plane or whatever it is, we are always able to help. And this gives me a good feeling for the future. And this is with the Schubler team, it's so easy to bring it together because so many people are enthusiastic and love to help. I'm sure with a lot of these conversations, uh, especially when you meet someone who hasn't tried electric ducted fan propulsion on their aero models, they're not really sure where to start, how to begin understanding uh, the design metrics that they need to follow uh, or the, uh, the different kinds of uh, sizes and battery types to support EDF. So there's a lot of technical nuance that goes into transitioning uh, your aero models from jet to EDF. 
where do you recommend EDF novices start to get used to the technology and to better understand how to convert their own jet propulsion aero models? Um, it's always just, let's say, the weight of the plane is the beginning part. If you have a five kilo plane, then you need, let's say, two and a half kilos of thrust to bring it proper into the air. If you have five kilos of thrust, then you are flying very nice with it. If you have, let's say, 7.5 or even 10 kilo of thrust, then you are flying a rocket. And so it is, if you are talking to other people, they always say, okay, I just want to have a smooth flying thing. So we are designing something which gives you enough thrust for this smooth flying. And the others want more or even flying with a rocket. And so in between this, you have to just decide what you like. And then if you're asking into the company Schubler or the people who fly with Schubler, you will always get a proper answer, what you need and where to get. And then you put it in your plane and you should be happy with it. Manfred Greva, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Again, we've been chatting with Manfred Greva, a 50-year aeromodel pilot, technical trainee at Lufthansa, and an aeromodeler himself. Manfred, if people want to find out a little bit more about you and any of your work, are there any websites or social media platforms we can point them to? Yes, uh, you will find me on Facebook. And what I do as well is we are designing... Uh, propellers and small drones up to 120 kilos of weight and you will find them at maccat.de m-a-g-c-a-d.de or even if you like you will find me on facebook and if you feel like send me an email i will reply surely fantastic manfred grave thank you again thanks you have a good day and bye bye Happy landings. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the Market Scale Technology Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure you're going to marketscale.com slash industries to find more tech content, more content on EDF propulsion, drones, and aero modeling in general, and just a variety of different B2B vertical industries. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you do so, I encourage you to leave a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.